Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I'm very excited about our guest today because we've tried to schedule her three times and three times Cindy and I flaked out. How's that for a professional endorsement? But today's the day and our guest is Sally Eckes of the Eckes Group. Now, hello, Sally. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me on today. Well, I'm grateful you still answered my email. Someone else might have taken our total. You know what, Sally? It's like everything in life. Cindy and I make plans and then life interferes with it or one thing after another. I don't need to tell you, you juggle a baby and a marriage and your career. Actually, a toddler, an ex, and a business. So yes, oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Did not know about the ex. That's all right. <laughs> totally fine. Never married. Yeah. Honey, again, life so goes differently, doesn't it, than we yes. have? <laughs> yes, it does. That is the one thing we can bank on is life does not go according to plan. Well, let Which me love. tell I love that. I I'm know. Cool. We have no choice. You know what? If you try to hold on too tight, it won't, it will not help. That's, That's I've learned, I had, I had to learn that as a young woman. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell our listeners. I've known Sally for a really long time because Sally's mother is Lisa Eckes. And Lisa Eckes has been a legend in cookbooks and publishing for, I don't know, I've known Lisa for 25 or 30 years. So, and it was, and she was doing that before me. Yeah. The agency is going to be 41 years young in April. That's that is that is a testament to good business. Honestly, how many businesses last 41 years? They don't. We know that. Now, in case people don't know, because we get I know we get young people to listen to us. Don't ask me why, Sally. Don't ask me why. The Lisa Eckes Group, and now it's called the Eckes Group, is a full service culinary agency specializing in literary and talent representation. Sally represents a wide range of culinary health, wellness, and lifestyle talent, from the first-time cookbook author to seasoned chefs, professional food writers, bloggers, the internet, and YouTube personalities. Woo-woo! Woo-woo! <laughs> well, let me tell you something. From concept to contract, she has brokered over 300 book deals. Now, Sally, people... I, it's amazing, impressive, but people don't realize, not everyone, unless you've been in publishing, just how many changes have been in publishing. So, you know, the Eckes Group, 41 years, but how long have you been doing this now? You well, yourself? Formally, I've been doing this for 14 years, but I like to say that I've been informally training for this my whole life because Lisa had me, you know, licking envelopes and stamping press kits before I could even really like walk. So, you know, I've, I've been in it since the good old days, they say. Yes. You really, you did grow up in it. That's exact. But 14 years, even Sally, that's amazing. Thank okay. Th that's amazing. Now, and if people, and so what I wanted Sally to talk about to people today, because of women beyond a certain age, mm -hmm. so many people, Sally, want to write a cookbook, okay, or want to write their memoir. And as they age, if they've retired, or they're only working part time, or they're a grandmother who'd like to write down their recipes for their kids, whatever kind of, you know, the idea of the book in their mind is, I think there's a couple of issues. And that's the questions I'm asking. One, most people don't know how hard it is. <laughs> okay, and how many people work on a book okay and that's why so that's what I wanted to talk to you about I wanted to ask you questions that they would ask and they do ask me people ask me in emails so here's the question in that long intro if pe people imagine that they want to do this and mm -hmm. when if they were just asking you over a cup of coffee if if you and I didn't know each other Mm -hmm. Your mother, you, the Eckes Group, sold five of my nine books, mm -hmm. and I sold the rest of them myself, pretty much. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and actually, one was redone because of my friend Martha Hopkins, which has been wonderful. But I, in my day and age, if you didn't have an agent, you couldn't get a cookbook published, okay? So if people 
is is the question I'm trying to ask you, are people, would you say to them, what's your object with this book before they went to all the trouble? What would you say to someone who hasn't read the book? Yeah, a couple things. Just to go back to the very beginning about, Please. you know, all the people who say, I want to write a book. Go for it. Write your book. It's different if they say, I want to be a published author, particularly in the traditional publishing space. If you are somebody who's lived a life that you have a lot to share and you want to write your memoir, sure, write it down. Start writing and see how that flows. If you know you want to publish a book or you want to publish a collection of recipes, that's a completely different ball of wax. And you don't need to have an agent. It's not a requirement. And in fact, I, I think there are a lot of scenarios in which working with an agent may not make sense. But generally speaking, in the you know traditional cookbook space or the traditional memoir space, it's easier to get published if you have an agent. And you know the agent's job is to know the marketplace and know the players and open those doors um, beyond the sort of often thought component of like negotiating a contract and, and those elements. So when people say, I want to write a book, I the very first thing I ask them is why. And then we kind of go from there. Perfect. That's exactly perfect answer. Thank now, you. 14 years later, I can, I I can nail it on the first question. You are 100%. Now, the other thing, then what people say to me is, how can I get an agent? Mm. Okay. Now, so I want you to answer this. How, what entices you? Let's just talk about, it's, just yeah. a, it's a great cookbook. Someone sends you a proposal. What makes you... And and also, if people don't know, um, Sally teaches how to write a cookbook, has a workshop. It's on your website, isn't it, Sally? And if not, we'll put that up when we yeah. broadcast. Thanks. But Sally has a little concise um, uh, class that people, if they're really serious, should take. Because I know that when I've, because there's so much information there, Sally, that people need to be able to absorb. Yeah, it's like the same questions I got over and over again, I put it together in a course so people can learn the answers. <laughs> brilliant no that's brilliant yeah. yeah what entices you as an agent if you look at someone's proposal yeah so just to to back up too, like if people don't know where to start you start with a book proposal and that's essentially the business plan for your book why do you want to write it who are you what's the concept what are the recipes what's the voice the tone all that good stuff um and honestly this just happened to me this past week you know i get great proposals they are by all intents and purposes like really well done they've got all the components of a proposal the idea is good but it just doesn't like speak to me as a person you know and that's okay like i think it's really important to to know that like alongside knowing why you want to write a book or why you might want to want to work with an agent it's finding the right agent, the right publisher, the, you know, the right concept. And so what I look for, in addition to the sort of like nuts and bolts of the proposal components, voice, platform, solid recipes, I just look to be like captivated in some way because yes. my, my inbox is exploding. My DMs are lighting up everything. You know, my toddler is calling for me. So if <laughs> I get sucked into reading something for like 10 straight minutes, I'm interested. I, then I know, okay, I'm, I'm down to do this. Okay. So that is called the toddler test. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely... that wasn't in my proposal guidelines actually, but, but now but I'll add it. That's really good. <laughs> I feel that way. I have to tell you, and this is what's funny, Sally, and all the different things people will contact me and you know, because sometimes I've, I've, emailed you and said this person wants to talk to you and you've been very gracious because you never know you know oh, you absolutely have, you have to take chances and you have to look at people um different thing I once this was a young woman that I was working with but she and she was put together with me because her it's a long story but the bottom line is she sent me a proposal we don't work on proposals I never worked on proposals Lisa but I could at least say to them I used to say, go to the Lisa Eckes group website and look at the proposal guidelines. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And mm -hmm. see if you've hit those, hit those numbers. And, you know, are you answering some of these questions correctly? Or at least get the form cleaned up enough yeah, that you can, yeah. you can show people. And I was out for dinner and this woman had been a personal chef. Her, her attorney was my, uh, 
business partner, not a business partner, but was working with my husband. So that when she heard I was going to be there, she came because she had read my catering book from 10,000. She's famous and she wants to meet you. Of course, I would go too. Come on. But here was the bottom line. She's so together, so charming, Mm -hmm. big celebrity client, sent me the proposal. And Sally, there's no way to say this. It was the worst writing I ever met. I mean, I know bad writing. Okay. I know bad writing because I've been a bad writer. But I'm talking, instead of talking about the food or getting the job with the, one of the most famous people in the world, she kept talking about her black Mercedes mm-hmm. and the valet and stuff. And I, every time, and so finally, then she asked me what I thought. I said, I think it's, I think you need to get a writing coach and I think you'll need because she was of course had been turned down by everybody because her celebrity clients kept saying I'll show it to my agent their agent right you know it was just so it was but and uh, by the way after I told her honestly what I thought she never spoke to me again just so you know so I have nothing but admiration for you because you're more delicate than I am with your words but it's hard for people to know. It's hard for people. I mean, how do people become better food writers in your estimation? How does their voice become something that you want to listen or read? How do you think? I think it takes work. I mean, some people have that natural ability, but I think a lot of people, even with the natural, you know, sort of pizzazz that someone might have innately, they work at it. You know, they, they work at writing, they, they value doing something right, not rushed. They invest in practicing and testing recipes and getting their material workshopped and showing it to colleagues to get feedback before it goes to an agent or to an editor. Um, you know, Diane Jacob is a fantastic resource with her classes. We, I have my class. There's the everything cookbooks podcast. Like there's so many, there are so many resources now available where I just, I, I recommend if people are really serious about this as their career, invest in yourself, do, do the research, consume all of the free content, then invest in some of the course material that's available um, through Diane or through our agency or through Kristen Donnelly, you know, like there are other people yes. out there that have tools available to you to learn how to do this. That's not for everyone, but I think that if somebody is sort of recognizes that there's room to grow in their own um, talent or skill set, or they just like to learn, it's not hard to find the resources available out that are out there. I totally agree. And Diane Jacob has been at this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that one of the things you said, I think that's the most important thing, Sally, is um, the right not rushed. The, the right not to rush. And you yeah. really, you know, it's it's just like you don't learn to cook everything in a month. Do you know what I mean? Right. And if you've ever done art, you realize there's all sorts of things you learn from each piece of art that you create. I think the biggest, um, to me, the biggest problem with cookbooks is people don't realize how much energy and time and oh. the resources. It's so much. And that's why I always encourage people to start with the proposal, because if you want to write a book, then the proposal is a great barometer for figuring out, should you do it? Start, start, start by taking your bio from your website and copy and pasting it into a Word document. Then you've got your proposal started. Start by pulling all the press that you've, you've gathered over the years, put that in the proposal. If the proposal is the like blinking cursor every morning to you, that just gives you a (laughs) headache then writing a book is never going to happen or it's not going to happen right now. If it's the thing you wake up so jazzed to address, okay, cool. Now now we've got something to work with. Well said. I think what else people don't understand is advances. And oh. I know, you know, so people read in the newspaper that I, I just think it was the time when we had done some consulting for her, but it was Java de Laurentiis was at the top of her game on television. Do you know what I mean? And she got almost a million dollar advance. Well, because they knew that she had a TV show or 750,000. And I worked with Suzanne Summers when she got a million dollar advance. Yeah. But, 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 but people don't often understand 
Meaning if you should get so far is to get a proposal together and get an agent and the agent gets someone to look into the book. One, there's no guarantee, even with a good proposal, that your book will sell. True, but I will say the better the proposal, the better the advance. Good. And good, good, good thing. Why is it that advances, some people get $10,000 mm-hmm. and some people get a million dollars? Oh, well, if I could answer that perfectly, I would have cracked, I would have cracked a code that everyone is eager to, to hear, but I will say this, um, there's like these waves of what warrants higher or lower advances over, over at least my 14 years in the industry and the historical knowledge I have through Lisa and our agency. And there's a couple of different factors, you know, the, the dreaded or coveted or curious, uh, debatable word of platform is certainly a component of this. What is somebody's platform? And, you know, right now there's a huge emphasis on social media followers and numbers and growing platform on TikTok. But at the end of the day, what platform really is, is your ability to connect with your core audience in some sort of large scale way so that the publisher knows you're bringing some hardcore internal sales to the table. That's, that's, that's it. It can be on social, it can be in a newsletter, it can be in brand partnerships, it can be in speaking engagements, it can be with a byline, and ideally it's with all of those things and more. Yeah. Then we're talking about, okay, what's what are the deliverables here? You know, if it's a book of 50 cocktail recipes, that's going to cost a different amount of money to produce than a book of 150 you know, slow Sunday recipes based in the most expensive ingredients from the corners of France. So that's a different type of book to produce. All of those elements go into, you know, factoring in advance and a PL and what a publisher is going to offer. But at the end of the day, celebrities are going to get higher advances and, you know, tried and true experts are going to have to claw tooth and nail for every penny. However, um, the I always go back to the better the proposal, the better the deal. And we've done deals of all different sizes. And it's a it's a matter of like identifying what is the ultimate goal of this book, of this author, and and what is the the book as a mechanism for other components of this author's brand and platform that we can that we can leverage. Brilliant. No, no, that's perfect. It's exactly it's hard. It's hard for people to understand that because they're only thinking of their little book. You know right. what I mean? Not, which is fair for which first is time fair. authors. Yeah. And one of the things what we have done, Cindy and I styled a lot of people's is self-publishing started to become bigger. Oh yeah. In the last decade. We that was styled, very smart. <laughs> you know, yeah. We styled a whole lot of those books. Yeah. And and it was fun and the author was so excited and it was great work for us. I mean, I'm grateful, but in reality, and I would always tell them, you know, they, they'd done their PL and um, they had usually been rejected by an agent. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So they were doing their own thing. But one of the things, Sally, in my heart was half the time as I drove away and I knew what they had spent and they, they weren't going to go into debt. Do you know what I mean? They would, yeah. but I thought those people will only sell 500 books. Yeah. And then a year later, the authors would say to me, I only sold 500 books. Yeah. And it was hard to explain that after your mother and her bridge club buys their right. copy, you know what I mean? That to get national, to have national recognition, you're talking about like a platform, um, unless you have a YouTube or now you have 4 million followers on Insta, you know, uh, on TikTok or on Instagram, it's hard to get the public's attention. Right. Well, and even then, we now have enough information to see those books come out and to know, okay, you know, one to 3% of those followers convert to sales in pre-orders. So that's why the demand for such a high number is there because it's such a small conversion to actual book sales. So you know, we're we're looking for people who have inroads to support sales of their book, bottom line, whether it's self-publishing or traditional publishing. 
And if somebody wants to self-publish, I still think they should do a proposal because they're creating the business plan of how they're going to promote and sell their book. And if they think it's only going to be, if it's going to sell itself, all right, we got, we've got some more work to do. We got a little (laughs) self-reflection exercise. (laughs) Now you just said it, a well-written proposal is the roadmap. Totally. Totally. And without it, as even as an author, and I mean, I've done this a few times and I've written, I've written outlines for other authors. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Celebrity mm-hmm. authors would say, well, what should be in the book? Right. So that is writing basically the business plan of the, you know, the chapters, because even then, Sally, and in my own books, I, you get lost. There's so much going on. I had to go back to my own outline sometimes and think, okay, what did I want to, well, yeah. what happens now, you know, to go I back mean, to. When we do like early publicity and marketing planning for our clients or for others that we consult with, I always ask first, like, well, let's go look at the proposal. What did you say you were going to do two years ago? And you have a lot of new connections. You have a grown, you've, you've grown your platform in the past two years, but let's start with like, what was the initial plan? And then start those inroads, get that going, and then also bring in everything that's happened since writing the manuscript and making the deal and all of that good stuff. That sounds, that's exactly right. The PNL you've mentioned twice and what it cost um, the publisher, what it cost them to produce this book. And I know, I know when I still get books from people that are sending me advanced copies mm-hmm. or and I, I, I but mo- and mostly I do it on television like when I look at a television production or a new cookbook I know how much it cost do oh, you know yeah. what I mean it's it's frightening I think um, you probably know better than most honestly because you have another side to looking at the cost of on set and ingredients and teams I mean it's way beyond what it's, most people have an insider scoop on. So when you were talking about marketing and you were saying having different streams, I certainly know this. Have you represent, how about a YouTube cookbook in this day and age, Sally? So here's somebody that's already getting some traction. People mm-hmm. know them. So then instead of the way we used to do it, the book is actually, the cookbook is now an outgrowth of what they're already doing on YouTube. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think in every scenario, a book is a big, beautiful business card. Yes. Whether it's YouTube or Instagram or, you know, a column in a a newspaper, like your book is the new shiny thing that you can offer to your local media or to your friends or to get that first teaching gig that you want or that speaking assignment, you know, the speaking, um, the keynote that you've always wanted. Right. It's, It's the new thing. It's the calling card. Well said. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but tell me two or three of your favorite. We're going to talk more about marketing and different things, but what are two or three of your favorite cookbooks? Of I'm all time? Of, from, yes, of your whole life. Oh my gosh. Well, the first one I always think of is Molly Katzen's Pretend Soup How because, you know, yeah. that's just my life. <laughs> it was and it is now. Um, and actually, this is a this is a bizarre little tidbit, but my daughter, I have a copy of a very old cookbook called Blue Moon Soup um, that my daughter loves that, I, like, I read her the recipe titles. <laughs> like, when I ask her, when I ask her at night, what book do you want me to read? She, she says, like, the Moon Soup book. And so I'll just read her, like, head notes. <laughs> That's adorable really on brand for, for her right now. Um, but, uh, you know, a newer book that I'm incredibly proud that we worked on, um, is a book that came out this past fall from, um, Frankie gone. It's called first generation. And it's about his experience being a Taiwanese American growing up in Ohio. And it's a, I mean, the, the book is a book to make you cry and to make you cook. I mean, it's yeah, got yeah. sort of all of those elements and it's really beautiful, visually stunning. Frankie, um, has an incredible eye for design. He's worked as a designer. And so he was very involved with his publisher, who's 10 speed in the making of that book as well, which is just kind of like a, a good example of like each of the components that I look for right now, because it's got yes, the voice, yeah. it's got the food, and it's got the the look and feel. That book, so it's a story about growing up Taiwanese. So mm-hmm. that's a story because I know other things that when you were saying 
in writing proposals. You can track cookbook trends. I mean, you yeah. can see, it's just like TV shows. And, you know, one of the things that, this is my example when you're talking about, and Frankie's book sounds fabulous. Right now, we are totally in a get back to your roots sort of movement. Oh, absolutely. Book. Yeah. And the reason it, it cracks me up and doesn't, but I mean, it's a long time coming. I first read Jessica Harris's mm -hmm. High on the Hog in like 1994. Yeah. And I was working with Lifetime. I was working, I worked with NBC Weekly. And I kept bringing her book to television producers. And I kept saying, this is a TV series. Yep. <laughs> the TV series. People said, what are you talking about? Nobody cares about that. So when it finally showed up on Netflix in 19... <laughs> in yeah. 2020, I thought to myself, well, I told these people this like 27 right. years ago. Did you get a did you get a producer credit there? <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. Said, yeah. Ha, shut up, big mouth. But I remember it as clear as a bell. And there are books that you remember in your life that help you. But I think this this latest. And I don't mean trend in all in any way saying an A thing. I mean in a real positive. I think writing about family recipes or how you assimilated or um the history of food is the most interesting thing there is. Right. I mean Luckily, it, we all have a story to tell when it comes to food and the 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 net has been cast wider for for a variety of stories and family history now. And how do you, what do you think? I mean, do you, have you been surprised by something that became a bestseller? That uh, is a book that you've looked at and thought, are you kidding me? This is um, a bestseller? Of, often, yes. But okay. we, as, as we know, or maybe some listeners may not know, the, the bestseller status is um, sort of funneled through certain types of pre-order campaigns and sales channels. And here's a little fun fact. Um, we represented a book that on the the on the first initial on sale week was the highest selling cookbook among all cookbooks however it didn't technically make the list because of you know stores that report and all of that and so it was a really um sort of helpful career reminder and and moment for me and for the author to know that you know bottom line on her sales report and on the royalty statement she had the highest selling cookbook of of the week, which was great. We, we love that. We want that. Right. And, right. and frankly, I'll take that over, you know, formally hitting a, a list that has that, um, cachet and notoriety that would be lovely, but also, you know, it's important for people to take that list with a grain of salt. Um, one thing that, you know, getting named on a list can do is help with that, like word of mouth momentum and, and recognition, you know, recognition. And so there's certainly a benefit from, um, from landing on the list that way. But yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of books. I'm like, wait, what is, what is this book? I've never even heard of this before. Having Sally with celebrity cookbooks that we wrote yeah. the recipes most of the time. Yeah. And we styled and wrote the recipes. We weren't writing the pages. We were writing the recipes and the headers. And I would say out of the 50 of those books, half of them landed on the New York Times bestsellers list. Yep. Now, it helped with sales. Of course, the author wanted it. So on every single book they ever did, it would then say New York Times bestseller list. Yep. When I would get the finished book and then it would sell and it would be on the New York Times, half the time I thought to myself, who did they pay? Okay. I mean, where yep. was the door for this? Because some of the books were brilliant and wonderful and some of them are just fair. Not even right. fair. Some of them were not very good. <laughs> but well, and so the same way people say to me all the time, I want to write a book. And I ask why they say, yeah. I want to be a bestseller. And I can assume that they want like, you know, the creds and the cash, which of like, obviously that's great. Both of those are wonderful, but there's also so much that happens in between. I want to write a book and I want to be a bestseller that um, to what I'm really looking for in authors you know, for, for at least for our agency are people that are like looking to learn about the industry and sort of the how and, and the what behind the scenes. And so like, if they explain like why they want that and how they're going to help it get there, that's, that's the sweet spot because it, it doesn't, it, it is um, a very widespread effort among every single person that touches your book along the way to, to get, to get on that list. Well said, you know what else? 
it's the journey is half of the fun. I know totally. most think that, but the, because now since I'm 101, I can tell you. You're just beyond a certain age, right? <laughs> it, beyond a certain age. The journey, the thrill was when you sell that first book or it didn't matter if you made any money. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, it, when, when our authors get their first rejection from publishers, I send oh, them a congratulations note and I say, congratulations, you're on your way to becoming a published author. What, like you've gotten rejected. This is great. Some of, you know what, Sally, it's so funny you should say that. In the rejection letters I got, which were not so much for books in the beginning, it was just trying to get in, but trying to get an article in a magazine in those days. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I kept most of them and they're in a folder. I kept them, I kept them because they got better. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And when I got one from two or three of the biggest editors in New York, and one of them said to me, this is the most entertaining article I've ever read. I won't publish it, but yeah. I have to thank you for right. sending it to me. I and love I, that. He likes me. I mean, right. I, I love that. I kept it. And now, you know, because when I go back, I still have some of those folders with work like that. What I can see my own growth and my own potential and what I accomplished, I'm really proud of myself. Do you know what I mean? It was, Absolutely. it's a wonderful sense of accomplishment. Well, Lisa always said you only need, well, you need two yeses, one from an agent, one from a publisher, but you really only need that one yes from a publisher when you're out on submission. And you'd like to have more. It's great to have an auction or a bidding war. But at the end of the day, rejection is a completely, frankly, important part of this process. If every single person that I sent a proposal to wanted the proposal, that would be very exciting. But it would mean that there was like 12 different visions for the book, which kind of means we could go in so many different directions. And I want, there's this, there's a balance between um, sort of flexing and adapting to each publisher's publishing brand and style and really knowing what you, what your book is meant to be. You just brought up, which is such a good thing about publishers brands. People yeah. may not always know that, that certain publishers, I used to say this to people, I'd say, you want to write a book. Okay. What's your book look like in your head or what's it about? But I yeah. said, you should go to a bookstore and see if yeah. there's a book like that. But you also want to see who's publishing books similar to yeah. yours because the publisher's brand is the publisher's brand. Totally. So early on, you had said, like, how do you find an agent? And I'm not even sure I directly answered that question, which is one place to find them is to go pick out the cookbooks you love, go in the back, look and see in the acknowledgments who might be the agent that they think. But at the same time, look at those books. What? Who are those publishers? Who are those editors? you know, pick out your favorite books on your own bookshelf and say, oh my gosh, it looks like if I'm looking at the spine of the book and at the bottom, there's the imprint, which is like the little logo that names the sort of sub company of the, of the publishing brand or the publishing company, look and see, are most of your books 10 speed, 10 speed books? Are most of your books artisan books or workman books or chronicle books? Or are they independently published books? So that kind of can give you a sense of reverse engineering to who to figure out what who are some of your favorite publishers out there. That's brilliant. No, that's exactly right. And I used to read, I I still do. I read the acknowledgments because I want to oh, know absolutely. who the, you have to or yeah. who their stylist was yeah. or who their editor was. I mean, you get a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think, Sally, in today's day and age, why do your your dear friend, our dear friend, Sandra Gutierrez, just wrote this wonderful article in the WAPO mm -hmm. about classic cookbooks, older cookbooks. Mm -hmm. And I have all those cookbooks, okay? Because mm -hmm. I they taught me to cook. Absolutely, I, had, I have those too. I have them all. Now, I have new cookbooks too, but you know what, Sally, when I... And some beautiful new cookbooks. But when I moved here, when I moved to Ventura and closed down my studio, I gave away tw about 2,500 cookbooks. I wow. gave them to the local library. Mm -hmm. so I told friends to take them, but I had so many because I'd been a judge for ICP and J. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? You, it's like you, you know how I know how many books you and your mother have had. I mean, it's overwhelming. <laughs> it's overwhelming. So, but I kept, what was interesting to me is what I kept 
some beautiful new cookbooks that like, well, now it's not new, but Bobby Flay's original Bold Flavors cookbook mm. had some absolutely stunning recipes in it. But the book cookbooks that I loved were my old double day cookbook, my mm -hmm. joy of cooking. I do have like six issues of joy of cooking because I look for them in cookbook stores. But why do some cookbooks hold up and some cookbooks don't? Well, I think even gotten, with all these trends. Right. We've even, gotten hyper specialized. Like, you know, our even our agencies list, there's a lot of single subject, a lot of unique and special categories. And I love that and I represent it really well, but I also think that there's this appreciation for like the compendium and the reference and just like all the information you might need in between two covers. Like, well, I don't want seven books. I want one book, you know, yeah. Yeah. publishers yeah. though want you to have seven books. So yeah, they do. it's, you know, those, the, the books that Sandra was writing about are like the tried and true classics because they're one-stop shopping and the publishers are keeping them refreshed, right? I mean, they're adding relevant information, new technique, new instruction, new voice, and, and also like you get it all between two covers. Yes. Well said. You have to tell me the name right now of Frankie's book that you loved. Let's, because I'm going to buy it after. It's called it. First Generation. Fabulous. Okay. It sounds wonderful. What else? I, I just think from blog, if we were talking about from blogs to books, mm -hmm. another, some have been incredibly successful, some not. Right. Right. Is it because we just don't really know what's going to hit with what people are going to react to? Um, Again, if I could answer it perfectly, I would have cracked a code, but I think it's a combination. Like some of the blog to books hit well because they are kind of generalist in a good way, like kind of that one-stop shopping again, but in within the brand of that blogger. So like, you know and love a certain person, you trust their voice, and then they're packaging their best recipes for you from breakfast, lunch, dinner, sides, apps, and salads. Yeah cool. Now I have the book that I need and I don't need the others. Um, but I actually, like when I joined the industry, it was right on the sort of beginning of that blog to book craze. So I got to see a bunch of publishers like rush to sign up a bunch of bloggers and some of those books hit well and some of them missed the mark. And I think it was a combination of a lot of different factors. Like bloggers don't necessarily know how to support and market and sell a book and they're learning how to do that and some publishers explain those expectations and requirements more than others um some of those bloggers essentially evolved into like huge entrepreneurs because they recognize that their blog is essentially like a media company and i think those are the bloggers that had those breakout books and so it, it really just it there's no one single formula or recipe for like how to how to make it hit super successfully, but I think it comes down to, you know, a solid compendium of information, a trusted voice, an engaged community, and somebody at the helm who recognizes I have a thing here that I love and I want to package and sell in various in various ways really successfully. And a book is going to be one component of that that larger machine. And I mean that like in the best, in the best sense of the way, you know. Honey, I, you said it really well. And I, I, I have to tell you why you said it so well to me, the blogs that hit, and I know a lot of them, the same thing as they came out. And it's just like writing your first book. And it's a component of the whole brand or platform that you established. But, um, I know this, those people worked really, really hard. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you said, oh, yeah. what people may not know, and we haven't said is you write the book. Okay. You write a proposal and you get an agent and then the agent helps you sell the book. And then the book is out there in the market. And what people don't always tell people is even though the publisher's hoping that, and there's been some discussion, I know you always did and your mother always did, but now you have to sell the book. Right. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Right. Nobody's going to love that book as much as you. It is your responsibility. The publisher is going to help you. And if it does well, they're going to help you for a longer period of time. But it's it's your book. It's not anybody else's. And it's not just going to magically find its audience. And your readers aren't just going to buy it because 
you ask them to one time, it needs to be part of your message and your and your editorial calendar and what you plan for. And, you know, you treat it like a, a business. And, and yes, it takes, right, bottom line, if we like strip everything else away that we've said this entire time, if you want to succeed, you need to be willing to work really, really freaking hard. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom, you know, that really is the bottom line. And, you know, Sally, when I get letters from sweet people or they go, oh, that, I want this or I want that or I, stuff. I, they said, how, Denise, how did you do it? I said, I worked really hard. Wait, do you get handwritten letters? I get emails. I get notes. I get oh, handwritten. So I get lovely. notes. It's very sweet from people that have bought my books. I love Most that. Yeah. People, or people that when I spoke at the con at conferences, right. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And they're always very nice. They say, you don't know me. And, you know, it's always very nice. But inside the answers, which is why I, I answered this once, it can't blog away. People, someone raised their hand after I'd spoken. They said, what do you think? Um, when you got book deals and stuff, what what was what do you credit that to? I said, I worked like a motherfucker. Right. And, right. And of course, Twitter had just started. So somebody in the crowd tweeted out Sally. Love and, a good motherfucker retweet. Uh, and that tweet, and then Mandy, who worked for me at that time, texted me about a half an hour later and said, did you say motherfucker? <laughs> I said, I did. And she said, oh God. So I learned, and I, I quit Twitter soon after that because people kept taking, it wasn't out of context. They took the verbatim and tweeted it. <laughs> That's not something I wanted repeated. Anyway. Like I think it's very hard work. I think the whole process of writing a book and success, you know, the success for it is very hard work. But I think that you really have to want you want to you we're going back to the first question. Why? Right. You, I mean, right. You have. It's not just I want to write a book. Why? And are you willing to work for it? I had um, I just got a, a query. Somebody's pitching me. This was a couple weeks ago for representation. And in their query letter, they said, I heard you on a podcast and you talked about putting people through a rigorous proposal process because that's sort of the on-ramp for them working on a book, which is a lot of work. And in their query to me, they said, I'm ready for like, I'm ready to be put through this like rigorous process. And that stood out to me because they're saying, I recognize I only know what I know as a first time author consuming what I can. And here's sort of my best foot forward. If you see something here that you're interested in, will you work with me on it? And I really appreciated that approach. It's I not bet. for, it's not for everyone. And I can't work that hard on every single proposal at the same exact time. I need to have certain clients that need more or less handholding at different times. But I, I really appreciated that being called out because they were saying, Hey, I'm ready to work hard. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's, I'm down for that. Yeah. That would totally stand out to me. That yeah. would totally stand out to me in any situation. Do you know what I mean? That's right. really, Oh yeah. Way beyond writing a book. Like I just want to work with people who want to do meaningful work and put, put in their all, whether it's at, home in let you know it at work in life in how we interact with one another like what's what's the point if you're not willing to like show up in your in all the ways in the best way possible that honey one of the I had times in my life and one of the reasons I stopped I'm not stopped I mean one or two afterwards but I really didn't want to write celebrity cookbooks anymore was unless the celebrity was really sincere yeah. do you know what I mean? yeah. what it, because when you Unfortunately, sometimes after you got to know them, you really didn't like them anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was that was problematic. And it's the same way with all clients, isn't it? Right. Nothing new there. Now, what didn't I ask you? What didn't we cover? Ooh, we've covered I, a lot. We talked about proposals. We talked about learning your craft. We talked about enticing an agent. We talked about that publishers, and this is something that's really important. And again, back to whether you're perusing Amazon, your independent bookstores, um, there's brands. There are brands out there that publishers establish for themselves. And I think you have to really be aware of that, you know, and, and play to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
in my opinion, it's not just about getting an agent or a book deal. It's about finding the right agent, the right publishing partner, and, you know, finding the right fit along the way. And, you know, at first glance, you might look at the cookbook shelf and think, okay, these all look and feel the same, but take a, if you really want to be on that shelf, take a closer look. What do you see? What's hardcover? What's paperback? Who's called out? Who's helping make those books? Um, you know, what voices are there? What What's the tone? Who are the publishers? There's just, there's a lot of information on your bookshelf. Yeah. I want you to tell us the name of your, the course that you teach. And I know it's on the web, the Lisa group that, excuse me, Eka. it's so hard for me not to say Lisa, you know. You can I, say Lisa, absolutely, me too. <laughs> Lisa was so, has been so important in my life and my career and it's hard for me not to say Lisa. That's okay, that, we, can, we, can still, we can still talk about her. She, she definitely <laughs> wants that. Um, the Eckes yeah. group, tell us the about Eckes. this course a little bit and then we, uh, yeah. I, I, so much information. Yeah, the course is aptly named um, How to Write a Cookbook. And I, and I also moderate a Facebook group that anyone listening is welcome to join. It's called how to be a cookbook author. And it's a place for sharing resources and to connect and ask questions and celebrate. Um, it's also where I post agency news and offerings and then like industry news. Um, and then the course is, you know, 40 plus years of the same questions over and over again, distilled down to two hours. <laughs> so you get, um, you can take it at your own pace and you get my face and voice along the way. And if you decide not to do the homework, which is totally fair as a first go around, um, you can finish it in, in less than like two hours. Um, but yeah. it's why, what does an agent do? Why do you need one? It walks you through three real book deals that I've negotiated. It talks briefly about the differences between self-publishing and traditional publishing. Cause we get that question a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of nuances to how to answer that. Um, I walk through the different types, like archetypes of cookbooks. I walk through um, what an imprint is, the difference between publicity and marketing, collaborations. It's it's a little bit of everything in in what it takes to write a cookbook these days. Extraordinary. That's extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you. I spent a tremendous amount of my time in life working on it. So I'm very <laughs> proud of the the resource. I mean, like really you know, we've, we've been running these in-person workshops or virtual workshops, which we still do. Um, and the course is like, just, if you really want to dive in, if you're really ready, go for it, you know, yeah. and there are some other great resources out there too, that I think complement it really well. Well, you inspire me, Sally. Thank you. you inspire me. I'm so happy and honored to spend this time with you. Oh, honey, I have to tell you, I'm so grateful to the Eckes group very grateful. Um, and I'm so glad that you've done so well. Thank you. Because, it, you know, it's just, I'm so proud of you that you've done so well. I know one night we had dinner at ICP. You were fairly new doing it. I can't believe that's been 14 years, long yeah. before your toddler, long before. Oh, yeah. So, my God. It's impressive. Well, thank honey, I cannot thank you enough for your time. When Cindy posts this and we broadcast it, she puts all your information on it. So people, I'm sure, will reach out to you. And I hope that there's something good that comes from that. I know this. I'm I'm of the, my feeling is, Sally, you have to do it. it. You may not. I mean, I always, when I first started my career, I took jobs that I didn't make any money on. Do you know what I mean? But I learned so much. Oh, yeah. Totally. That, and I loved it so much. It didn't matter. Okay. Absolutely. But I mean, this, every book that I wrote, now I look back and I think, oh, I'm so glad because that led me to something else. And well, some money and some of them I still get royalties on. Not, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get rich, but it's, yeah. it's a wonderful satisfaction. It really yeah. is. Well, we're so grateful I mean, you know, I think back to our initial roster of agenting clients before my time, but when Lisa was starting that arm of the company and you're among that cohort, I mean, we're in, we wouldn't be where we are without our incredible authors and titles and you're among those. So well, it was all damn fun. It yeah. was, it still is. 
It's just, and I am just so people know again on the Facebook group, I'm a member of that group of Sally's group because it's fast. I love it. Um, Sally, and it makes me, sometimes I can answer intelligently and sometimes I love seeing the questions that come up and I think, well, that's a whole new part of publishing I didn't know about yet or I wasn't thinking that that was important. Do you know what I mean? What I love about the group is that we do have perspectives from a lot of different chapters in publishing. And that really illustrates my answer to everything, which is it totally depends. Like everything in publishing is a unique scenario. There's a general guideline of answers, which is like in the course and online and available, you know, on podcasts. But then there's also like the nuances. And so the group is a place where you can see a little window into the the nuances of publishing. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, honey, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. If anyone wants to reach out to us, Cindy and I, it's womenbeyond at iCloud.com. We love the comments. We love the comments. Sometimes people don't want to put it on the website. You know how that is. You're in the group. They have to do it. They want to do it privately, and that's fine, too. And um, all complaints, of course, are handled by Cindy. And <laughs> we don't take complaints here. Uh, 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 too old for that. Thank you, Miss Sally. And again, Sally of the Eckes Group. And honey, she's just an extraordinary agent in this difficult field right now. Thank it's you. amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Denise and Cindy. You're welcome. I love your baby and I love when you post about your baby and take care and I hope to see you soon. Me too. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you. And thank you, Miss Cindy, for everything you do because you know this would not happen if Miss Cindy didn't know how to be the technical everything. (laughs) Thanks, Sally. Bye. Wasn't that a lot of information, Cindy?